0: I'm Bailey. And I'm Serena. Welcome to Creative Baggage, a podcast that gets into the nitty gritty of pursuing an artistic career.
1: Can aesthetics and function coexist? From discussing the impact of a cluttered social media space to how we fill our physical spaces, we address the idea of curation and assert that everything we consume and create should have beauty and intent.
0: like i feel like i know so many college level musicians who post videos of them playing their scales at the fastest tempo possible on instagram mm-hmm. and like honestly i just i i don't know if that's healthy for other people it might be a great way to keep track of yourself mm-hmm. and i respect that but like i don't go on instagram to be a better musician yeah. I, you know what i mean like i use instagram because it's fun and i like connecting with my family and friends on it. And when I go in there and there's just this reminder of like, you're not practicing. Like, it's kind of a lot. And it makes me feel a little guilty. And then you end up comparing yourself and it's just like... <sighs>
1: yeah. I feel like social media should be used to put finished products. I don't... Mm-hmm. I know that for some people that makes it seem unrealistic. But I really think that You wouldn't go on stage and play your scales for people. So why would you post that? It's the same idea. Like you go on stage and you perform when you're Mm -hmm. done learning something, when it's polished, when you're confident with it. Um, You don't just practice in front of an audience all the time for no reason. Yeah. So we're treating social media differently. But when you're putting something out there for other people to see, my belief is that it should be for a reason.
0: Yeah. Personally, I used to post practice videos all the time, Mm -hmm. and it was good at keeping me accountable, but then I realized, I was like, I'm just practicing so I can post it. Yeah. And I was like, wait, that's not why I started playing the flute, was to post it and get social media famous. So then I stopped. Mm -hmm. Um, Then I also realized, I was like, none of this is finished, and it doesn't represent what I, like the quality that I put out when I walk on stage. So why would I? You know, the internet is actually a bigger stage, is the funny part. Mm -hmm. Anybody can look at what you've posted, download it and keep it forever. Yeah. You can't do that at a real concert. So if anything, it's a little bit more pressure.
1: Yeah, that's true. I never thought about it that way. I always thought on social media that it's odd because people can just click through your performance So, Mm -hmm. like, they don't... They could just listen to the first five seconds of it and not care and leave. And you wouldn't be able to do that in a concert. I mean, you could. (laughs) Yeah, I guess you (laughs) could. But you couldn't
0: skip through it.
1: Um, Yeah, and people don't... Like, you choose to go to a concert to listen to the music. So you would listen to the music, but people who are on social media aren't always expecting to get music. And so they don't always listen to the music or even if they wanna listen to the music, I've done this multiple times where I see a friend post like a performance mm-hmm. and I went on Instagram for the purpose of looking at some pictures of what my friends are up to. So I think like, oh, I'll come back and listen to this cause I'm not done looking at whatever I was looking at. And then I just forget. And because there's so much chaos on social media and it's frustrating Yeah. Um, and it's not organized <laughs> and there are so oh, many different no. platforms and they're used f- for different things, but also a lot of the same. Yeah. Um, and so I felt this um, sense that I was just consuming a lot of content. And it was just content like I didn't they were all different kinds of content, but there was no organization and I didn't know how to like keep them in my head. Yeah,
0: and it gets like you start to everything blends in, Mm -hmm. you know, you start to forget that there's a person attached to all that stuff that's appearing on your phone. And, you know, another thing that bothers me is like, I feel like on social media more than anything else there's just this attention contest. Mm. And it really I mean classical music has no meaning, right? Like it's create your own. Yeah. But I personally don't jive with the meaning of classical music as like being the most exciting thing to get views. Mm. Like to me, I don't I don't want to sound pretentious when I say this, but it's like I don't know, it's a little a little cheap to me um, to be like, how can I do something, you know, it's it's like stage magic sometimes, it's like, how can I play this the fast, you know, as fast as it possibly can be played, and I, to me, it kind of makes me sad, because I'm like, I don't think that that's why that person is a classical musician, I think it's desperation.
1: I don't even know if I see that, because even before you get show-offy, you have to have something that looks like something someone wants to click on Mm. so i feel like it starts before there. like videos that get the most likes have to have an interesting thumbnail or like there has to be a funny caption or something catchy about the title that makes someone even click on it because it doesn't matter how good the music is yeah there's so much stuff on your feed that people don't click on everything that they see even if it looks a little bit interesting like you have to go out of your way to make people see
0: it and want to watch it. Yeah that's true there's this whole other aesthetic world that goes into it because like there's that format of like the musician on top and the music on the bottom and like I remember I had just been posting regular flute playing videos Mm -hmm. and then I switched and I started editing it with like a a special app to put the music on the bottom and that first video that I put out got like 2000 views mm. and I was like I think it's just because it looks different yeah and it fits that format that all the other popular musicians are doing and honestly the video was one of my worst yeah like I was playing an etude and it was kind of bad <laughs> and people were just like wow that's so amazing um and it felt like spam like yeah. I felt like I had just tagged like flagged it as typical classical music video uh-huh. Um, meanwhile, I, I put up like a really nice video of me playing Shaminad unaccompanied, but it was like, it was, you know, it wasn't perfect, but it was very pretty, and it was in rock hall, so it was like very
1: boomy mm-hmm. and,
0: and gorgeous, and you got like no views, Yeah, and it was way more, like there was way more heart and soul in that video than the video of me playing my etude of the week.
1: Yeah, my like three minute video of me playing in that cheap onesie, mm-hmm. that was just supposed to be like funny, and it, it was... A, piece about a goat got more views than my senior recital playlist like people i think also there's an appeal to something being short because people feel like i can consume this and it won't take that much time and like i was wearing something different so they were like oh that's funny let me actually listen to it and so like people would comment on that post saying that i had beautiful playing people that weren't that i wasn't close to that aren't usually super interested in my music just because they saw a funny video Mm -hmm. and then they were like oh I just heard Serena's music. I haven't in a long time. Or, like, I never have. I know she plays the flute, but I've never heard her play. But if it was my senior recital, they're like, oh, this music looks long. And boring. I've never heard of it. And I don't want to sit through that. So.
0: Yeah. I mean, maybe this applies to the world at large. Because I feel like with marketing and capitalism, honestly, it's like you have to be different. Mm-hmm. You always have to be cutting edge. Cool, interesting, whatever it is, it's always there's always a new wow factor. Um, The only thing that I actually took away from my aesthetics class was like, people like things that make them feel good. (laughs) (laughs) That was the only universality in the whole class. Because, Uh you know, in the beginning, you know, all these philosophers started out with a lot of rules. Mm -hmm. It was like, things that are beautiful must be mathematical and proportional and balanced. Oh my god. (laughs) You know, and and that's, and it developed and developed and developed. And, you know, somewhere in there, classical music and its beauty developed Mm -hmm. and... You know, that was what people believe. People believe that something that is beautiful is complex and has tension and release and mm-hmm. is ornate. And that's what classical music is. Um, but now, beautiful can be anything.
1: I uh, think it is more simple than that. Yeah. Like, more simple than something... Because they're doing it backwards, right? Like, they found yeah. something beautiful and they were like, well, these are characteristics of this beautiful thing so maybe all beautiful things follow a pattern and they found enough beautiful things that follow that pattern that they were like this is the only way it can be but you can't deny that being surrounded by beauty having beautiful music that you're listening to looking at something beautiful wearing something beautiful making yourself look beautiful in the way that you define those are all important to our quality of life yes um and i think we single them out for special occasions right like we go to see a classical music concert on a special occasion because it makes us feel fancy on that occasion and then we go out for a beautiful meal on a special occasion to celebrate and we wear something extra fancy that we love on a beautiful occasion but we kind of reserve that instead of just allowing ourselves to have beauty in our lives always like why is it that i'm settling for a bunch of random consumer mugs that i got from different companies for free (laughs) in my house on a daily basis but then only on that special occasion do we break
0: out are, like... fine China. Yeah, <laughs> really.
1: And the people well, did that.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think there's two schools of thoughts on, thought on this. Um, because to kind of counter that, I'm thinking about... I forget the name of the philosopher, but he he was very wealthy, very influential, and he chose to sleep on the floor <laughs> in his beautiful mansion. Like, mm-hmm. on the ground with a bunch of dirty blankets. And people are like, why did why, why didn't you do that? Like, you're filthy rich. You can just... You can live in opulence. And he said... You know, he wanted to be reminded that not everything is beautiful. So he wanted to continue to enjoy the small things and not have to fear the beauty being stripped away from his life. God forbid he didn't become famous or he wasn't famous anymore. Mm. And I like that because I think if you're at the bottom, like there's nowhere you can go and it's like a security thing. But on the other hand, I don't see why most people choose something like actually physically choose something that isn't beautiful for no like educational reason like there's no bad like you didn't get those coffee mugs to like enact balance in your life Mm -hmm. you know what I mean it wasn't like I'm going to have these ugly coffee mugs to be reminded of the ugliness or like as a memento mori or something like they just happened so I feel like you know it's about making a distinctive choice yeah less you know it's less about oh everybody has to be beautiful and more about like you can think about the things you bring in and out of your life within reason
1: yeah and beauty is so subjective that I think that even things that we don't see as fancy can be beautiful. Absolutely. Like the most simple things, or when you buy secondhand things, like there's an extra beauty in just a, an object having a story mm-hmm. before you got it. Um, or even how you acquired something can make it yeah. beautiful. And how you assemble things, how you curate them, your, I think of like all the things that I own as my like inventory. Like I curated all this stuff, yeah. and I want to enjoy using them every day. And like you can have a distinction between things that are casual and things that are more formal or fancy, but everything should be beautiful from the top down. I think, or like yeah. you should think everything that you have
0: is beautiful yeah. and enjoy them. It's like, an autonomy thing. Yeah, I think people just think that they have to buy their clothes in what for what's trendy yeah you know or like what's everybody else doing or like what what is proper or what is you know say you want to look smart you're gonna buy things that don't maybe you don't think they're beautiful but you think it makes you look a certain way yeah um and I think that's like where people have those like you know identity crisis or like you look around like take a look around your kitchen it's like Do I like these things?
1: (laughs) Yeah, you have to be mindful, again, of what you consume. Because, well, not only does it have consequences in terms of like sustainability or ethics, but the things that you bring into your life are the things that you experience. So if you wear clothes... Um, just to try to fit in or to look on trend, but they're not the clothes that you actually think are flattering on you or that you feel good wearing or comfortable wearing, then you're always going to feel not fully yourself.
0: Yeah, I had that problem for a while. I used to wear clothes that weren't comfortable because I thought it fit my quote-quote my aesthetic. And then I was like, I think my aesthetic is more about comfort than it is about (laughs) looking artsy, Mm -hmm. you know? And ever since then, I've been free from that. Um,
1: Yeah, and I think that so much comes up because it's convenient. Like, the way that cities are built are often like, oh, let's just construct a few houses here and there that... So that these people can move in and then corporations start forming and so they you have these like corporate buildings that are built in whatever way that they need to build it so that they can get it done fast and it can fit a lot of people Mm -hmm. and that's it and there's no thought in how things fit into each other like how are we going to make these two buildings that already exist work and fit in and look nice with the new buildings that we're creating. Mm. Um, And so, we end up with a lot of cities that are confusing (laughs) and chaotic, and we just don't really know what's going on. And they don't even have to be all the same style. Like, I am not for all buildings in a city to be, like, Victorian style or this style, or they don't all have to look the same. Uniformity is not always good. Yeah. But... To just have thought into the character of what an area looks like and to just add to it instead of detracting to it. It shouldn't be that difficult, but when we factor in economic things and we want to do things as quickly and as efficiently as possible, that's when quality of both the actual function and the material um, and the aesthetics...
0: Are compromised. Yeah, we need a beauty budget, people. <laughs> well, you know, most countries have that. You yeah, know? the uh, America is unique <laughs> <laughs> in the sense that uh, there's just uh, beauty and art are not considered essential when they absolutely are. Yeah, we you put know... so
1: much thought into the beauty of like concentrated things, mm-hmm. but not anything else and that's sad, like, art should seep into all aspects of our lives, it can benefit all aspects of our lives, if you only keep the art in a museum, and you can only experience beauty when you go to the museum, then you're missing out on so much, because how often and how long are we at the museum for?
0: That's what I'm saying, that is a better argument for art advocacy than I see any art organization ever put out because <laughs> it's always like and I'm not gonna I'll, I'll stand on my soapbox for just a second it's always like these these music organizations are like you should keep music in the public schools because it gives kids better SAT scores mm. and you should keep music in the schools because it makes you smarter and a better better in STEM and I'm like that that's not it. We don't have art so we can be better like workers. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We have art just just as art and it's a pillar of humanity and it's so ridiculous to me that people make these arguments to justify art in schools and art budgets. Because of or science or convenience or yeah. to accelerate, you know, m- like, material gain. Like, that's not the point. And you don't have to g- include art- artistic education with the hope that your child's going to become a doctor. Because if everybody was a doctor, we wouldn't have a society. Yeah. <sighs> that's my soapbox. That's all I have to say. <laughs> um, but it just frustrates me a lot. Because I think people take the wrong angle. Like, the, the ship that is, like, all of the classic arts is drowning. And people are... Trying to, like, drag it ashore rather than just, like, why don't we just plug up the holes? (laughs) Mm.
1: Well, because we see people as labor, basically. Like, we see our, our value by how much money, basically, we could produce. But you can see people's functions differently. We could view ourselves as beauty perceptors, Yeah. right? If we were all just beauty perceptors, then... We want to create as much beauty as possible so that we can perceive and experience as much beauty as possible. And that would be the value.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think that humans shouldn't be reduced to any of those, which is the point, right? Because even beauty, like to have a life that's so oversaturated with things that you find beautiful can be a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you, you start to lose the appreciation. It's like that philosopher. So I get it. You know, not every moment of our existence has to be magical because we need contrast. Yeah. But right now, I think the contrast is too steep. Like, I feel like a lot of people really have to work hard to have an experience that is nice and beautiful. Or travel far, Mm -hmm. you know? And it's like, maybe we should just have beauty on every street corner. Yeah. You know, that's something I really appreciated about being in Berlin, was that they really activated the art in space you know, notion, and it was like every everything just looked like it was there for a reason. Yeah, you know, as they should be, <laughs> right? Um, and you know, I think Philadelphia does a good job in a lot of places. Not everywhere. There are clearly a lot of neglected. Places. The murals are nice, but the fact that we have murals, I think that's what one of the things that's at the top of my list as to why I want to live in Philly uh-huh. is because. We have murals, and they're uh-huh. awesome. And the, the people of Philadelphia want them there, and yeah. they donate money. And they're like, "This is important to us," um, and it makes Philly stand out. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know why we don't have murals everywhere. Yeah, beats me. You know, like, how come, how come Philly is so famous for it? Like, why, why don't we just have murals in regular neighborhoods? My and neighborhood didn't have a mural growing
1: up. <laughs> <laughs> what I love about the concept of murals, and we should introduce that to everything else is that the mural is on a wall of a building and the building already performs a function. Mm-hmm. So you're not you're not separating the art from the function. You're putting them together. So yeah. now there's something that's both artistic and functional. And so if we just created things that we needed to function a certain way with beauty in mind, things would be a lot easier and a lot simpler. Like and I present. need yeah. a plate to eat my food on but why does that plate have to be the least thought out most efficient plate like why can't that plate also be beautiful it's really not that much more work Mm -hmm. we should just make all the things that we use also feel
0: and look beautiful yeah I agree wholeheartedly what a great argument for keeping (laughs) art in our society
1: (laughs) Because then people yeah. get used to seeing the beauty yeah. and then they don't tolerate it any other way. Like I was watching a funny video about a guy, an American guy living in Paris and he was um, kind of just comparing the differences. And he was like, one of the stereotypes is that Parisians complain a lot. And he was like, I now understand why they complain <laughs> a lot because they have this standard of beauty or the standard of how things should be and so when they see something that doesn't meet that standard of beauty they notice yeah they notice that it's not as good as it normally is so we should make it better but when we don't notice that something could be better then we don't try to make it better
0: exactly and that's what's so sad about living in american society because there's actually no Parisians aren't any better and they don't deserve better. Mm-hmm. We deserve just as much, but because we're not surrounded by it, especially like the working class of America, we wouldn't want that. Yeah. You know, and I think that's, that's very unfair. Um, and every American just, des- every American deserves to live a beautiful life. There's just <laughs> no, there's no difference. You know, people might think that they're stuck up or snooty, but that's just what they're used to.
1: Yeah, it's more, it's less of a like, oh, you're not, doing a good job, and more of a, like, things could be better, so why not make it better? Like, it's, in a lot of ways, not that difficult. Like, you yourself have control over your choices of what you bring into your life, Mm -hmm. right? So, like, yeah, maybe you only have this much money, and you need a teacup, but out of the things that you can choose from that cost that much money, like, you can find a beautiful teacup. You don't have to just go to the first store you see and buy the first teacup you see that fits your budget. Mm-hmm. You can choose the teacup that you want to bring into your life. And people just don't think about it. Yeah. Like, it's more of a conscious thing than a neglect.
0: Yeah, it's it's like empowerment. We don't feel like we have the autonomy sometimes to do that. Mm-hmm. And it's like, actually, you can choose. Even if you're... Going to Goodwill to get a teacup. You can probably choose um, within 50 cents of a price. You know what I mean? Uh, And I think, I mean, that is something that is very promising because I think our generation really cares about aesthetics. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe we're just surrounded by people. Maybe I'm wrong. Well, we do,
1: I think, going back to the social media thing, we do have access to more possibilities of what's out there. Yeah, like We can browse around on the internet for the perfect pair of jeans that we want and not just settle for the first one that we see at the store that's our size. Yeah. Um, and we can see pictures of what people all over the world are doing and examples of what other cultures find beautiful and then realize like, oh, these don't fit my current societal standards, but I still see them as beautiful, so I'm going to incorporate them. And mm-hmm. then people around me will see that that is actually beautiful and I've incorporated it in my life, and then they'll also want...
0: That type of beauty. Yeah. So we have these tools. I just think people need to think twice about how they use them. Yeah. It's just about living consciously.
1: Mm. And knowing what both the repercussions and the benefits of your choices are yeah. before you make them. Absolutely. Absolutely.